It's time to swarm the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point. But they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled! Corn Husker? More like Corn Sucker. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Your Hawkeye Oasis located in a Nebraska desert. We're coming fresh off the seventh year in a row, knocking off the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the Heroes game. Jerry and I are feeling good. We're feeling like winners. So you know what? We're feeling like winners. We want to hang out with the winner. So we called up our friend Zach McCabe, former Iowa Hawkeye basketball star. Zach, what is going on with that beautiful beard, man? Oh man, not much. I just actually just trimmed it just for this. So we're going, we're yeah. you're treating us way more special than we deserve. I'm telling you that, right? Yeah. So. I, I don't. I don't even put in deodorant for this show. So. <laughs> uh, so Zach, you're a Sioux City guy, right on the other side of the Missouri. Tell us uh, your thoughts after the Hawkeye victory, and then our. Uh, and then getting into the Big Ten championship game, man. How's how's it making you feel? Oh man, uh, for, it's pretty exciting actually. Just uh, yeah. just for them to get in, and yeah, there you go, right there. You, you want to? I might need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I was sweating for the you know first four three quarters there. So. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> We, uh, you know, if you get that belt, Adam might be open to, you know, let you carry it around for a day if you want. If you got any Husker friends there in the Sioux City Metro that you want to kind of just kind of, you know, gloat with a little bit. Yeah, there, we, is, there is a lot of Husker fans here, so I might need to do that. Yeah. We could we could arrange something. I could stop by at a delicious local Jimmy John's in the area and, and have, a, have a sandwich and yeah. um, stop well, out you know, and the, say hi. Yeah, exactly. With the McCabe family ownership of all the multiple Jimmy Johns all around yeah. the uh, area, that's uh, you might have a hard time trying to figure out which one Zach's at, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just gonna have to eat, eat my way all the way till when I find him. Then, so that's, uh, that I'm gonna say right now that bread's the best. Like, is, yeah, that, that bread's is. the best. It, but if you don't have strong teeth, it's gonna give you troubles. But it is amazing. Hey, we we don't have fake stuff like Subway, so there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so, it's, go ahead, Jerry. So, Zach, go ahead and start us out at the beginning, man. You were a two-sport superstar at uh, Sioux City Healing in Sioux City. You know, what What? What was it that fueled your sports growing up and, uh, you know, your interest in uh, football and basketball? And then tell us, uh, take us into the recruiting then and what drove you to ch- ultimately choose basketball and uh, go to the University of Iowa? It's kind of a very widespread question, yeah. but feel, feel free to take it and run. Um, I, I always – 
grew up with sports. Um, my dad played football at Morningside in Sioux City. Um, had a bunch of uncles that played football. Um, not sure where basketball came from. Was just kind of that was just kind of my sport, and really liked it. And um, in high school, I I wasn't really much into football that much. I was more into basketball, and I had the pleasure of handing off to Brandon Wegger a lot. So didn't made my job a little bit easier there in high school, but. Um, kind of towards the end, I, you know, just felt like basketball was my sport and I was always a big Iowa fan growing up. So, um, you know, when they offered me, um, that was kind of where I wanted to go right away. So, and so Adam take this, you know, he talks about how he focused on basketball and, you know, he kind of was passive about his football, but as a three year starting quarterback, 35 and four at Sioux city, Healing. And uh, state football title junior year runner-up as a sophomore. Single game and single season passing records are seen. You're, I mean, you're bypassing this. And, I mean, you're putting up numbers that most most uh, people that peak in high school would have dreamt of. And you're oh, a yeah. basketball player, man. Oh, yeah. 465 yards passing in one game. Just yeah, a, just side hobby. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah, they just they let us my senior year. They finally just, just like letting us throw it around. So there we go. It was, it well, was you know, with your size, I kind of thought maybe it was a Brandon Sheriff at, uh, you know, uh, in, in a high school thing where they just kind of wildcat hiked it to him. He just ran everybody over, man. Oh, you, were, you were airing it out 2,461 yeah. yards for the season, oh, yeah. man. Those are those are some high school stats. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. I could play. I could tell. Yeah, I, I did. I could Zach, play football. So Zach, you had you had some football opportunities too coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Central Florida had some interest in you. And uh, tell us a little bit about the the football opportunities you had as well. Um, it was South Florida, and South Florida. Uh, actually, uh, Jim Levitt. He uh, went to. He was the head coach at South Florida at the time. He he was a defensive coordinator when my dad was. Uh, playing at Morningside so okay um we had a kind of connection there they always kind of kept in touch and um yeah the, I mean one time we went down there I was actually with AJ Derby one time as okay actually so when we played basketball we went down and visited and he's like if you guys are ever interested he's like there's always a scholarship for you guys here so just kind of for him to kind of reach out and do that and just off my just off my dad basically he's throwing that off on a whim so but I mean it was it was it could have been a good opportunity maybe to play football but so I just chose basketball though so so with the uh, morning side and the healing you know you mentioned Brandon Wigger he's been pretty outspoken on social media about the state of Sioux City healing football I mean are these uh, you know I realize they're maybe not having the success they used to be I mean are you uh, are you on this train is this kind of a movement that started or is Brandon kind of going rogue here with some of his opinions I uh, I think he's got he's kind of going the right direction. Uh, it's you know kind of people have been kind of hush hush about it, but um, it's kind of disappointing to see the direction that they're going and um, kind of some of the parents involved and stuff like that. Just kids aren't working hard like they used to, and so I mean for him to kind of put his you know kind of put himself out there like that uh you know i actually supported him on there i kind of put some comments on the bottom so mm-hmm. um but i mean he's he's right and you know hopefully someday you know somebody could turn around so we'll see. what's he up to now because he had one of the best freshman seasons that an iowa football players ever had i think he would then he get the orange bowl 
MVP or one of the. No, that was that, that was, was Adrian. Yeah, but, Adrian but got the MVP, but he got he got some of the uh, ceiling t- uh, runs there at the end to uh, seal the game. For I thought he got like some sort of award for that game. I can't remember no, what it maybe. was. But yeah, a- Adrian I, I, got. Yeah, but um, what's what's Brandon <laughs> what's Brandon up to these days? Uh, he's in Sioux City. Uh, he was, his dad owns a construction company. Um, he's actually just started his own. So um, he's in a partnership with three other guys. And um, actually where I lived and grew up, that's his dad built a lot of those houses out there. So okay, um, he's starting to do that and um, kind of starting his own construction company, basically. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, good deal. Well, well, we'll get back onto the Zab, Zach McCabe show. Here. Sorry about that. We got a little <laughs> no. distracted, but what was it that drove your decision then, Zach, to go to Iowa? I mean, I'm, you know, what was your recruitment? Who else was in the picture? And then ultimately what made you decide? Because that was about the same time you would have been one of Fran's first recruits, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, actually, I was a state bass hall is when Licklider got fired. So um, he was, they recruited me, Licklider did, and their staff. And then, um, you know, I was kind of looking at other options after that happened. And um, just being an Iowa fan, I was just always kind of still always drawn, kind of want to see who they're going to be, who's going to be the head coach. And um, actually, the funny thing was I always, for some reason, was watching Sienna play when they played like Ohio State the NCAA tournament. So um like their style and how they played. And um, kind of when he got the job, um, he called – Flew out to Sioux City, uh, had dinner at my house, just kind of told me that, you know, it's not going to be, you know, an overnight success. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to take time and, um, you know, you're going to be putting in lots of work and up to, you know, he wasn't guaranteed we'd make NCAA tournament right away or anything like that. Or, but he said there that he'll always give an opportunity and stuff. And, um, you know, I just kind of, I loved Iowa City and just, fell in love with their campus and stuff too. And um, I don't know, I just, being an Iowa fan, I just felt like uh, I, I always like, you know, just always winning in high school and stuff like that. It was just kind of, you know, wanted to change stuff, kind of the culture and stuff at Iowa. So um, that's kind of usually recruits kind of don't usually do that type of stuff. So um, usually they want to go to a winning program, can go to NCAA tournament every year, but yeah, um, kind of wanted to do a different route and that's what I chose. So well, Zach, I got to say, that's just like the truest essence of, uh, of what a Hawkeye really is. And that's <laughs> one thing that I'm going to go on a slight rant here, not too quick. You get so frustrated with these recruits that come out anymore, and it's been going on for a long time. Let's take the easy road and go to like a top tier blue blood program and step right into it instead of making a name for yourself, you know, you know, leaving a lasting legacy at a school and you and, you know, Gazelle and Woodbury, what they call the Sioux crew are really, you know, held responsible for turning the tide for Iowa basketball. Cause there were some dark days there for a while where things weren't going really well. Um, tell us about some of the conversations you had with those guys uh, from the Sioux city area and what your relationship was like with those guys and what it was like being able to put Iowa basketball on the, on the right track again. Uh, yeah, I knew Mike and Woody for a pretty long time. I've, I mean, played against basketball against them for a while and um, they're always playing up when we played in Sioux city. And um, I don't know. I just, when they were looking at colleges, I, you know, I always chirped in their ear a lot and um, just told them that, you know, we're trying to do something special here and, you know, having you guys come along, um, you know, you could be just as important as, you know, anybody else here. 
Um, you know, they had an opportunity to play right away. Um, you know, Woody, Woody obviously had North Carolina on him pretty hard and yeah. um, just told, you know, you know, had him on their visits and told Woody, you know, he could be just another guy at North Carolina or he could be, you know, somebody that, you know, changed kind of how Iowa basketball is and Iowa and, um, you know, Mike was looking at Nebraska really hard and, you know, told, told Mike, you know, you know, you want us to kick your butt every year or you want to come play with us. So, um, you know, he was on board too. And, you know, it was just get those guys come on and kind of, you know, follow what we're trying to do is pretty cool. So. Hey, Zach, how, on, on that note, how important uh, your running mate at Healing, Brennan Kugel, ended up at Iowa for a year before he transferred on and he uh, left his mark in the uh, record books up at Green Bay. But, you know, was that, did that enter into your decision at all or? Oh uh, yeah, it did. I mean, uh, he was a big Iowa fan too. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit here and there, just kind of just asked him how things were going and, um, you know, him going there, just kind of seeing how stuff was going too, kind of helped out my decision a little bit. So um, also just, I wanted my parents to see me play and, my dad's a big Iowa fan too, and my whole family's Iowa fans. Except my, one of my uncles is an Iowa State fan. So, but yeah. I mean, yeah. So <laughs> we don't but, we don't talk we don't talk about yeah, him. But. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> we we refer to it as Ames Community College. But go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, good deal. So you know, I guess on the last thing about your recruitment, then too, was what were your impressions? You know, we we see a lot of outside view, but when you had your interactions with Licklider. And the styles between he and McCaffrey couldn't be more different. You know, McCaffrey's yeah. run and gun, high tempo, look lighter was what they called the Butler way back in the day. Yeah. You know, what what were your impressions and thoughts under Lick Lighter versus the style then that you got presented and ultimately brought you to Iowa? Um, I mean, I, I also interestingly was recruited by Butler pretty hard. So um I mean I obviously kind of played their style of basketball and you know, it was slow tempo and stuff. And, um, but from what I saw too, that, you know, they did do, they tried to get up and down the court a little bit, but, um, I mean, it is night and day basically kind of, you know, compared to what I was ready to, you know, what Licklider was doing and then what McCaffrey ended up doing, you know, um, you know, we got the ball out, got, I mean, Fran stresses getting the ball, getting it going, um, you know, making good decisions, stuff like that. So, um, typically I was the guy making sure we got the ball out of bounds, got it out fast. And, um, a lot of the teams we play, they try to slow us down. Um, gosh, I can remember like Michigan state or like those guys just kept hitting the ball out of bounds so we couldn't get the ball pushed up the court. So, um, anytime that they were doing that, I knew we were doing our job. So, but I mean, you know, we also did with McCaffrey did half court stuff. I mean, ran plays and, um, you know, he kind of mixed it up here and there just to give, you know, guys comfort level and stuff like that. So, yeah. well, Zach, I, I spent a little bit of time living in Sioux City. In my opinion, it's one of the most underrated cities in the state of Iowa. I really enjoyed it there. I think there's a lot of fun things to do there. It just has a lot to offer. So, Zach, Jerry and I roll into town. It's a Friday night. You're going to show us a good time. Where's the best place you're going to take us to eat other than Jimmy John's and <laughs> – your favorite place to grab a cold one? Um, favorite place probably to eat. Um, shoot, uh, diving elk. It's kind of a some people in town started it. It's a pretty good place on Fourth Street. Um, okay, like going there. Family goes there. They have good drinks and stuff like that. Good food. Um, 
if you want to get, you know, usually I like to go to a Hawkeye bar. It's called Marty's. Okay. Um, love. Yeah. So I like going there, watching the games. They're, you know, it's kind of hometown me, stuff like that. So a lot Marty's. of people just like watching the game and drinking beer. And so good time. Mm-hmm. All right, Jerry. Oh, come we'll on. Put that, on the, put that on the list, Jerry. We need to stop at Marty's. My, I like going to Miles Inn, too. That's, so. that's what I was yeah, doing so. right there. The yeah. uh, Schooner and the Charlie Boy. You yeah, got yeah, to throw the Miles yeah. in there. So. In fact, That's you know, a- I, I, I'm not trying to take it down, but you go to Okaboji and their miles in is not the historic. It's oh, nice. Yeah, it's a I good know. place. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I mean, you go yeah. to the miles in Sioux City. It's the atmosphere. Yeah, that's the miles man. in. That's oh. the miles in. So, yeah, it was kind of like, oh, I'd rather go back to Sioux City. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that place is awesome. Not for not running them down. It's a very oh. nice place in Okaboji. Just a little bit yeah. more modern. and doesn't have the uh, mystique, but the one in Sioux City. It doesn't have yeah, the charm. It does yeah, not. Exactly, no. exactly, exactly. But, yeah, you got the. You got the full Hawkeye logo in Sioux City right above the bar. You can get your Charlie Boys and your schooner or whatever. And it's it's a nice time. You you yep, leave that's the life so. right there. So. <laughs> so anyway, so you get to Iowa, you know, and you're an incoming freshman, you know, uh, with a couple guys named Devin Marble and Melson Basabi. You guys were learning the ropes, but take us through what what was your welcome to the Big Ten moment and what what was that learning curve like going from three A Iowa basketball to uh to the to the big stage in the Big Ten? Uh to say it was tough was an understatement. Um it I mean it was tough. I mean, um just kind of learning the ins and outs, uh, having to adjust. I mean, you're, when you're in high school, you're usually the guy that's scoring all the time, stuff like that. So um, just learning how to – what your role is every game and what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, never really did game scout, to be honest with you, when we were at Heelan. So, you know, it was kind of we knew we were the better team and we are just going to, you know, beat you guys. So, but, um, you know, we were doing game scout for Iowa, stuff like that. So – um, probably my, probably my wake up moment was when we played at Michigan state, um, we're playing, I think Draymond Green was guarding me and I hit a, hit a two pointer right in his face, but he was talking smack to me the whole game, but <laughs> we ended, we still lost by probably 30 or 40, but, um, just kind of finally being like in those atmospheres in the big 10 and those gyms, like it was kind of nuts. So it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty tough in the beginning, so. I don't think Draymond ever played a game in his life where he wasn't talking the whole entire time. No, no. he was <laughs> always talking, talking about anything. So he's probably he's home talking smack to his kids. You know, yeah, he's yeah. Just always talking. Yeah. He does it in his sleep. <laughs> he does. Oh, that's awesome. So what you know, and your first, then you go through with Fran. You know, what's one of the things about Fran? Maybe that the you know the public persona with you know lack of a better term, a hothead. You know, and what you know, but behind the scenes yeah. with Fran, what 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 is it with Fran, Zach? What is it that the public doesn't realize about Fran? I mean, I you know, and uh, I guess if you can kind of elaborate on that. Um, besides games, honestly, he never really uh, he's not really yelling at you too much. So um, I think kind of the first year, I mean, people kind of saw him really intense and you know yelling at us and stuff, and. Um, you know, he was just as intense as we were trying to be, and he was just trying to install a culture, I think, that, you know, we didn't have at Iowa. So um, it was kind of – he wanted us to fight on every play and do everything that we could to, you know, win that game. So um, I think fans, I think that they only see him screaming or whatever, slamming the chair or whatever it was. So um, honestly, I mean, 
unless we're having a bad practice or whatever, I mean, he wasn't yelling too much at us or, um, and he's, you know, he's really down to earth guy, really good communicator with all of us players. And so, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the bad rap that he got starting out. So is a lot of his, uh, antics for lack of a better term, is a lot of that on the sideline just cause he's fighting for you guys. He's fighting for his guys out on the court. You think? Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's after the rest. Like he's, you know, he's, he's on them. He's, you know, he's, he wants the same foul call that, you know, um, you know, any star player in the big 10 got. So um, yeah, he was, you know, he's fighting for us and, you know, better, better or not that probably, you know, hurt him in the beginning with the refs. So um, just him getting at after him and stuff. And, but, you know, just him sticking up for us, that made us work, you know, that much harder for him and, you know, play that much harder for him and want to win. So. Zach, during your career, it could be in Big Ten play or anything, who would you say is like one or maybe two of the toughest guys you went against where you were like completely overwhelmed and like this guy is like next level and you just completely had your hands full? Um, Gosh, um, I would say, I mean, I would say the whole Michigan team almost had like Trey Burke and Glenn Robinson Jr. And, you know, they had the Nick Stalkis coming off the bench and um, just, I mean, some of those teams are just tough. And then um, God, I mean, I would just say this just cause I had to guard him all the time. I was probably Jaron soldier just cause I mean, he's a big, big body inside and he could just move his way inside and then wherever he wanted to. And he got, he got a lot of the good, good foul calls. So, I mean, it, it was, you know, some of those guys, uh, there was a lot of great players when I played, but um, I mean, there honestly, there was a lot, a lot of good players. We always had a tough night in and out. So, um, but those are probably the top two for me. Just, you know, we had, we always had trouble with Michigan and Michigan State and um, yeah, Garden Jaron Soldier wasn't fun, so. <laughs> and one of the things about your career, I mean, we, you know, we could get into every year, but the whole thing was the growth that we talked about when Fran came in. Um and, you know, we look at it, you know, like your sophomore year, you guys get to the NIT. After your freshman year and that transition year, it wasn't a very – it wasn't a great year. Then you go to the NIT, and then you make it into the NIT run like your junior year where you end up in the championship. But, you know, and you're seeing guys coming in like an Aaron, like your sophomore year, Aaron Wyatt and Ola Shaney, you know, future All-Big Ten and uh, Sixth Man of the Year. And, yeah. I mean, what's that – you know, the, the promises – that you saw coming in as a recruit and now all of a sudden you're delivering because you're seeing these guys coming in the door. I mean, what was that like behind the scenes for you, Zach? Uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was just, you know, just to see somebody coming in, um, you know, some coach talking to you about that growth and, you know, we're actually doing it and um, just, and the type of players you're bringing in. And um, I, you know, every player that came in, we just try to inst install that mindset that, you know, we were always we always played as underdogs and um you know nothing was really given to us so um we you know we our goal was always you know as us freshmen with Devin and Wasabi that to uh, you know make NCAA tournament so you know we are just there was a couple games here and there our junior year if we won we've been in NCAA tournament so um but being in the NIT was pretty cool at being Madison Square Garden um I think that just kind of gave everybody a little bit more hunger and stuff like that just to keep building and making sure this program's going the right way. All right, Zach, you uh, referenced hunger. Yeah. Walk with me here. 
god we're gonna Walk be step, we're, gonna, we're we're we're, ste- we're stepping into a, a local delicious jimmy john's location yeah what, what's gonna be zach's first order what sandwich is he gonna be getting uh my go-to is probably the club lulu it's the number 16 okay. uh, it's like turkey bacon so all right you, Usually add some hot peppers on there. Not a big tomato guy, so okay. I um I'm a bootleggers club. I like okay. that one. That that's yeah. a good one. Uh, Jerry, what do you normally get? Oh, I'm the country club number. It's number club. eleven all the way. Yeah, I, yeah but you know, yeah. I, I, after uh, COVID, wasn't kind to my weight, so I got to go with the unwitched, not the bread. <laughs> yeah, so. there you go. Yeah, that's anyway, what I got to start but... doing probably too. Is the that's all right. You're kind of on the yeah. same level with anger. Pat Anger kept telling us about how. What a, he kept referring to himself in a lot of those terms. We're like, yeah, right, Pat. So yeah, yeah. right, Zach. We yeah, really right, believe, and you let yourself go. But, uh, uh, but anyway, on that note, Zach, with the management group, with your family and the ownership, tell us again where all the locations are for the Jimmy Johns that you guys run. Uh, we have Sioux City area. We have South Sioux City. Um, so we have three stores in Sioux City, one in South Sioux. Um, we're trying to open one up in Lamar's, Iowa. And then we also have uh, Vermilion and Yankton, South Dakota. So doing a lot of that with my older sister. So we're both area managers. So cool. a lot of driving, a lot of a uh, lot of cool. stuff going on. So with some real picturesque scenery on the highways there, it sounds like. So oh, yeah. but, well, the Missouri River, though, you get up to Yankton and Lewis and Clark. That's a nice area. So. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, so when so. you're working, you're working in customer service and oh, anyone yeah. that's worked in customer service, what's the weirdest customer story that you've had <laughs> from one of your Jimmy John's locations? Just a weird interaction with a customer, just a nutty person coming in that you guys have had to deal with. Um, Probably actually we opened our Yankton location. I had to work there quite a bit. Um, But anytime we get some, we had an old, we had an old uh, couple come in and, um, first thing they asked was, do you guys got milkshakes? And like, <laughs> I was just like, no, no, we do not. And then, you know, then they asked for pretty much anything else. You know, you guys got French dip sandwiches. You guys got this, that, you know, it's like, no, like, you know, you're trying to be nice. You're like, this is all we have. What we have is on our menu. Like, sorry, like, yeah. whatever. So, but yeah. we've had a bunch of those before. So it's always, uh, it's a little struggle here and there. So but. coming in, trying to order a pizza. Yeah, pizza. Have that. Yeah, we've had that happen too. <laughs> one, of our, one of our locations actually is by a Papa John. So we've had, you know, I'm here for my pizza. You know, uh, we're, you know, this is the wrong John's. This is, <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeez. How many, be- how many, you'd be like, how many beers have you had today? Yeah. Like yeah. you walk into a Jimmy John's, like what rock have you been living under yeah. where you don't yeah. know what, where you're at? Sometimes, uh, you know, yeah, you question, but yeah. One of our good friends is in restaurant management as well, so our hearts go out to you because, especially in this employment environment, man, it's had to have been a lot of headaches for you trying to keep things staffed. So, yeah, good on good on you and keep fighting the fight there. Yeah, we've so. been trying. So, so, so I got to tell you, Zach, I'm going through these stats when you were at Iowa, and there was one that really stuck out to me. And so, I went. You'd played 137 consecutive games, which at that was a school record. Is that still the school record? Do you know or? Uh, I don't know. I, I think, I don't think so. I think, hey, uh, somebody, I think Aaron White actually broke it. So probably like a year or so yeah. later than yep. 850 plus points and 500 plus rebounds in a four year career. I mean, that's a solid man. That's like double, double machine. I think, 
I think uh, I, I think I might have had two points and one rebound in my high school career. So anyway, and uh, double double figures, 28 times. But the biggest one that stuck out to me was the fact was on November 18th, you turned 30. That made me feel really old. I was <laughs> oh, like, I was oh, like, are you man. kidding me? Zach oh, McCabe is 30 years old. I thought he just like graduated me. a few years ago. And I'm like, man, that is not right. So belated happy birthday, Zach. Yeah, I appreciate you, it. Thank you. You made me feel old. I ain't going to lie to you. I was like, there's no way Zach McCabe's 30 years old. Yeah, hey, I was so. in a bad mood all week. And my parents were like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm turning 30, like. This is depressing, kind of like getting old. Dirty 30. Dirty 30. So, well, well, we've all had milestones. Adam hit 40 this year and I hit 50. So, we're all in the same boat with you. Oh, congrats. Yeah. Old ball. Old ball. Yeah. Old ball. (laughs) So, if I could kind of one more McCaffrey question, Zach, but you were really, and and I'm, I'm trying to say this in a good way, but you know, being Iowa fans like Adam and I have been for quite a while. You know, one thing Fran kind of brought in, I think, was kind of that, I don't know what you call it, that street toughness attitude that we hadn't really seen at Iowa for quite a while. And, I mean, you were really one of those guys. It's like, you know what, if you're going to mess with one of my teammates, I'm, I'm coming in here. It's like, you know, if you don't like it, we'll meet you out in the back alley. How oh, was yeah. it? That, you know, was that stuff that just came natural for you guys? or what? I mean, did Fran just kind of instill that kind of confidence? Was it kind of an osmosis thing? I mean, how did that come about? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, when I was trying to figure out what our role, kind of what my role was, uh, you know, I realized it wasn't going to be the, you know, score or whatever, but um, just kind of, you know, that's kind of what I've always been taught, you know, with healing and stuff like that. He's always t- stick up for your teammates and fight for them and stuff like that. So um, that's kind of what, you know, yeah, I mean, that's what we were. We were kind of street fight, you know, dogs and, you know, get in your face, you know, if, you know, there's a couple of times, you know, Matt Gaines got into it, some people and, you know, had to step in and help him out. So, um, but, you know, that's just kind of the mentality that we had. And we were just going to, you know, he did it. He didn't saw that into us. So he was, you know, he was fighting for us and, you know, we just fight for him. So get stuff did like that done. Did that Philly street ball attitude come across when he coached you? I, you know, his, his accent, you know, would come out a couple of times. So it, it was, it, yeah. I mean, he, he was, uh, yeah, it was, he would, he would, uh, you know, he would tell some of our guys like, you know, Michigan state usually put their hands on you and the rules, you couldn't do that stuff. And, but they still were able to get away with it. And, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, swinging our arms, getting them off of us, do whatever we could. Um, Might've caused a uh, little fights here and there, but that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what we, you know, we we're coming in each game. We weren't going to let, you know, teams do what they wanted to do against us. And, you know, we just kept fighting every game. So. All right. Yeah. Well, Jerry, so, Jerry, what do you think? It, I, I feel like it might be almost time for the name game. Yeah. I think it's time for the name game with Zach McCabe. I don't know, Zach, if you, do you know what our name game is? No, I do not. Are, are you ready to be the contestant on our name game? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> do it. I think you need to do it. So. Adam's going to read off some names here, and all we need is a one-word response or maybe a, a quick phrase. But basically, what you're off the cuff, what what these names, what your first thoughts are when we name them off. All right, so, all right. Be careful because once you get going, Jerry likes to drag people into left field on like a <laughs> random topic on these. Okay, so all right, all right. Zach McCabe, are you ready to play the name game? I'm right, ready. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Number one. Kirk Spira. Uh, 
Uh, grabber. He likes grabbing your arm anytime, you know, you try to get your attention. So, okay. Yeah. He's a, he's a Sioux city guy. How much you guys, uh, how much time did you spend talking, uh, talking Sioux city, uh, left field items? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He would talk about, he beat, uh, he went to Sioux city North. So he talked about how he would be healing a lot. So, but right. kept you in his, in your place. Did, nice. you know? yeah. All right. One of my personal favorites. I'm a Kirk Sprawl fan too. He's a good dude. Hey, one of my favorites, Sherman Dillard. Sherman Dillard. Sherman <laughs> Dillard. Uh, nicest dresser you ever ever meet. So. <laughs> yeah, he's stylish. He's always looking good in his suits, and he's always got the cleanest stuff on. And yeah, he was good. he was a good dresser. So <laughs> I always assume he's going to be one of those guys that's like wears like a monocle or like pulls out like a pocket watch, one of those old school like 1920s pocket watches. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we were in New we were in New York one time, and he pulled out these like old time like they look like Harry Potter glasses, but he's just thought he looked so good in them. And he would pull. He used to work for Nike, so he would like he'd pull out some gear that he used to have when he was working for them. So yeah. he looking real good. So one of one of my favorite Sherm Dillard stories, just real quick, was I uh, came down to see you guys down in Lincoln uh, a few years ago, and. You go down courtside early enough during the game, see you guys practicing, and he's standing there, and we're like, hey, Sherm, you know, he's wearing a regular tie-tie, not a bow tie. And it was yeah. like, hey, Sherm, hey, Sherm why, you know, what's what's up with the tie? He just he just kind of looks around. He goes, we lost last week. He goes, I'm trying something new. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, did, he didn't wear the bow ties when we were playing, so that was oh, something really? different to see. Yeah. yeah, it was just kind of funny. It was a little superstition with him. So, yeah. All right, Adam, I got us in left field again. Let's go. <laughs> All right, back on track now, Zach. Yeah. Next one, Devin Marble. Uh, nicest guy, man. He's a he's the nicest guy I ever met, and loved playing with him. And he was uh, he was a good dude to play with. And yeah, he was his him and his family are always great people. And so he was a really nice guy. All right, one of our favorites of all time. Some fans call him the Ginger Ninja, Aaron White. <laughs> Aaron White, goof. That guy's goof, man. Like, he just loved joking around all the time, and he was a good dude, too. So, um, guy, I mean, he's so lanky and goofy and weird sometimes. It was just it was funny. So, what, is that is that story about him getting locked in the gym overnight? Is that is that true? Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> we had, when we opened, we had the new facility. They never told us, like, when – they never told us that stuff locked up, so – he was in there. I think he was in there. Yeah, right at midnight, it locked up on him, and the only way he could go was to the locker room or whatever. And so he just stayed in the locker room that night. Well, I gotta say, I've been in that locker room, and it's not too bad. It's not he, bad. Yeah. No, he. It's <laughs> no. a really nice setup. Like, there's soda machines in there. Like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, yeah. good night. You guys have like the nicest chairs. Like. That's like luxury living. I, if I played on the team, I'd be trying to sneak in there like in Rudy sneaking through the window to sleep. I'd be trying to stay there every night. Yeah, they were trying to act like it was like a cold, dark dungeon or something. It was just like he slept, probably slept on the couch that night and it was fine. So Yeah, I had a big fountain soda that he poured right next yeah, to him. And yeah, yeah not, not too bad at all. <laughs> all right, next one. A guy that's graced the cover of Sports Illustrated quite a few times, Jared Utoff. Jared <laughs> love it uh, i can't even think he had, i just that guy was 
He was a character. I'll just say that he's a character. So uh, he's he was uh, he was a good teammate too. And when he came back from Wisconsin, we just brought him in, and he was he was a goofy guy. He always wanted to play one on one, like against you and stuff like that. So like Jared, we just you know, bro, we just got done with three hour practice. Like you really want to do one on one right now? He's like, yeah, let's go, let's go, you and me, whatever. So oh. he's a goofy guy too. <laughs> All right, uh, that that concludes this episode <laughs> of the name game. Zach, you win. You did wonderful. You win. Oh, thanks. You win. win. I did not. I did not take us so far in left field. We were out <laughs> in the parking lot, and you did not say anything to be held against you at a later time. Oh, but, good. good. You, you know, one well. of the things. One of the things, Zach, we did want to get into a little bit more serious subject, though, was you know, and I'm I, I'm not here to rehash anything, but toward the end of your career, and uh, you know, it is. It's like, but toward the end of your career was really social media was really starting to, you know, become the thing you got involved in some issues toward the end. Um, and again, we, you know, we're not going to try to rehash that's all out in the media, but how difficult was that, you know, cause social media, when it first, when it came out, things like Twitter, when it came out, you know, it seemed so kind of, I don't want to say innocent, but kind of innocuous. And then it's like, you guys were on there and all of a sudden people, you know, there's a couple of things I guess I wanted to touch on was like, you know, in February 14, Fran McCaffrey on his radio show, you know, came out and there was a caller to the show that that basically busted on you. And and McCaffrey was like, you know what, he's going to, you know, at the time he's like, his quote was, Zach's going to score 900 points, 500 rebounds. You're not going to rip the kid on my radio show. Yeah. And then, and then you guys are getting this scrutiny on um, Twitter and such where like an Adam Woodbury, when he gets that dunk against Michigan and that great upset you guys had, he's, he's holding the finger up to the yeah. same because I love people that. on Twitter coming on him because he can't dunk. And it's like, come on, the dude's like playing his heart out. Yeah. And then again, you had your issues with it as well. How difficult was that for you as a player to kind of have to start balancing those things? I mean, now it's a part of life. They probably have training yeah. and things, but you guys were just kind of thrown into the wolves on that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, that's something you don't really uh, – they you never really get taught that type of stuff. So, um, it was kind of a – it was kind of a shock. I mean, kind of coming from high school, you're usually used to people praising you and giving you, you know, ultimate praise for anything. So, um, you know, I got on Twitter probably just for, you know, to interact with friends that I had and from high school or whatever and – um, you know, sometimes you get mentions after the game, you know, like you suck or whatever. And, um, you know, you try your hardest not to say anything, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's just kind of, it's, it's pretty unfortunate that, you know, people have to, you know, hide behind stuff like that just to, you know, try to bash somebody, you know, do whatever. But, um, yeah, when Woody dunked that, when everybody's criticizing him about not being able to dunk the ball like every single time, it's just, you know, it's kind of a bunch of crap. So, yeah. I mean, he's putting the ball in the hoop. I mean, what else do you want him to do? So, yeah. Well, you know, you like Jerry said, you guys really, you know, social media wise, just blaze the trail of having to deal with criticism. <laughs> yeah. And you also, again, blaze the trail of putting Iowa basketball again on the on the right um, trajectory. And so, like, for all of that that you did, man, we're super appreciative. And, you know, you'll always go down and as one of our faves just because of everything you did as a Hawkeye and helping us turn the corner. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. 
So anyway, so one last thing I got for you, Zach, and then we'll let you get on with your evening here. But uh, with NIL and the transfer portal now and these rules going on, I mean, where do you see this taking college sports? I mean, it's like, does it, I mean, to me, I guess in a way, I, I fear that it's opening like a free agency, for lack of a better term. You know, I guess with your experiences and such, you know, how, what do you see, where do you see the future of this going from a Zach McCabe standpoint? Um, I see the positives out of it. I mean, like, I think it's awesome that, you know, student athletes are able to profit off their name and likeness. And, um, you know, people think that just because uh, you're in college and you have a scholarship and you play basketball, you have, you know, butts, but, butt loads of money, just whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're, we had some guys struggling too when I was playing. I mean, you know, they were scrambling around, you know, just have some money and stuff like that. So, um, but I think that, you know, it's awesome that, you know, finally, you know, people can profit off their name and stuff. Um, on the other hand, I just, I feel like people aren't, um, the transfer portal, I think is kind of a, you know, it can be a positive and negative. I think, you know, I think the negative would be, you know, people aren't willing to, you know, that's their first option right away. They're not going to, you know, I always think of like someone like myself, you know, I didn't have a good freshman year. I just kind of dug down and, you know, ended up playing, starting some games my sophomore year and um, kids like Anthony Clemens. I mean, he wasn't starting, um, you know, he could easily transfer anywhere he wanted to. And he decided to, you know, just put his head down and start working. And I think that's kind of what's going to be lost in that with that transfer portal stuff. But also, I mean, it's kind of, a, you know, some people have injuries and stuff like that. It might be a positive thing like Jack Nungy. I mean, he's kind of got mm-hmm. a, you know, fresh outlook on his career and um, been watching him killing in Ag Xavier and stuff like that. So um, just kind of have different examples, stuff like that. But a um, lot of, you know, a lot of pro- pros and negatives, you know, but um, NIL though too, I mean, you, you could be the next, you know, some of those big schools, like, you know, fo- I just think football, like Alabama and stuff, you know, they're just, throwing out million mm-hmm. dollars to quarterbacks. So yeah. you never know. So it could, you know, it could end up hurting sports, you know, putting yeah. six, seven schools in, you know, higher category than most other schools. So you never know. Mm. Well, and I appreciate your candidness. I know I kind of put you on the spot there. It's kind of like when I negotiate my pay raises with Adam. He gets, he, he gets a little, uh, he gets a little flustered with me. So I, I yeah. appreciate your candidness uh, and your response. Yeah. So no thanks, Zach. Anyway, well, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Like I said, yeah. you've been a favorite of ours, and we uh, I know you're a fan favorite as well, and uh, we appreciate the time, and it's great catching up with you. So, anyway, we usually end this with the Go Hawks. Yeah, Go Hawks. Go All right, Hawks. thanks, they Zach. Win. Let's go. Thank you. Thanks, Zach. All right. Go Hawks. Yeah. <laughs>